Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Thank you very much, and good to see all of you. This looks like a very full house today. I think this is the fullest house I think I've ever met, and it's very encouraging. Thank you. So, mobilizing our resources for service. Just keep the imagery at the back of your mind, and we may refer to it some point in the message. Brethren, let's briefly put this title into its proper context by explaining the terms that we have. We have mobilizing, we have resources, and we have service. When we are mobilizing, Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary has some suggestions in terms of what it means. One, to put into movement or circulation. Another, to release something stored in an organism for bodily use. Another meaning, to assemble and make ready for war duty. Another, another meaning is to marshal something, such as resources, for action. And I intend to probably use all those definitions because they all mean well for us in this message. If we look at the word resources, the same dictionary online give us some suggestions. A, a source of supply or support, available means. Next, a natural source of wealth or revenue. That's also resources. C, a natural feature or phenomenon that enhances the quality of human life. That is also resources. And we can also talk about a source of information or expertise. That is resource. And lastly, if we look at the word service, Again, the same dictionary, A, the work performed by one that serves good service. Another, help, use, benefit. Another, contribution to the welfare of others. And another, disposal for use. When somebody say, I'm entirely at your, at your service. 
So, by way of just the lexical meaning of the words, if we put these definitions together, then what we are trying to do this afternoon is that we want to review how we can assemble and make ready how we can marshal, put into motion, or release our source of supply or means, our expertise, or our endowments into serving others or contributing to the welfare of others. This is just the logical meaning of the words that uh, we put together in the title. From its biblical sense, let's look at these scriptures that I'm going to look at them in passing. So you may not catch up if you're opening them, but I'm going to look at Romans 12.3. Now to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of of the gift of Christ. This is why it says, oh sorry, what I'm reading is the Ephesians. I'm sorry, that's a second scripture. Ephesians 4, 7 to 8. That's what I'm reading now. Now to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives away and gave gifts to men. And then now we can go to the Romans 12, 3, which says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So in these two scriptures, you see that we are given something. A resource. We are endowed with gifts, spiritual gifts. It's a measure of faith that God has given us. And so we see how we have received some resources. Now, if we continue in 1 Peter chapter 4, 9 to 10, this is what Peter has to say. He said, show hospitality to one another without complaining. As good stewards as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, 
each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve one another. And he gives examples. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. If anyone serves, he should serve with the strength God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory and the power forever and ever. So when we put these three scriptures together in understanding the title, we also see in the biblical sense, we want to review how we can use the different gifts to serve in the ecclesia, the body of Christ. And we see gifts given to us. We see being admonished to use them. And in the use is mobilization. And for service to the benefit of others, to serve one another. So that is the biblical focus of this afternoon. But brethren, we cannot just use the gifts if we do not mobilize them. If we do not gather them. If we do not marshal them. If we do not release them. If they just stay with us. And they stay with us only. Then we can't use them. So in order to use them, we need to mobilize them, bring them together, get them, I mean, get to know what we have and how to use them. The gifts are other resources we have, and each one of us is given a measure of it by the Spirit of God. So having spent all this time trying to get us to all stay focused on the importance of this title and what we wanted to do this afternoon, it's now easier to deal with the subject because we are going to be focused on one particular direction and one goal. But I'm happy that we can draw some examples from the old timers, people of old, and how mobilization happened to serve a goal. We, we saw the little video of how a group of people, whether they orchestrated the video or not, I don't know. But the importance of how you saw people coming together to use what they have to reach down to a dog that could perish. And you saw how one person started it with a 
good heart with people watching him, not realizing that it's not a solo job. You can't get it done alone. No matter your good intention. No matter the resource that you have alone. You can't. So he went down at his own risk. This is a fast flowing water. And it would appear that the bottom could slip. Because he was taking his time to make his movement. And I have no idea where he would go if he slipped from the video. But at the risk to him, he reached to this dog. And now, he has rescued the dog, but both of them have to be rescued. Because he can't rescue the dog alone. And then you see more people now seeing that, oh, now it's not a dog business. Now it's a dog and man that we need to get them from danger. And then they tried. It's not working. More people joined. And by mobilizing all the resources uphill, they could take it downhill and bring the dog. Brethren, this is a dog. This is a dog. But do we not sing, rescue the perishing? Don't we sing that? We do. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. So, put somebody perishing in this evil world in place of the dog. Put somebody confused in this crazy world in place of the dog. And take all of us up there. And one of us reach down for the dog and realize he or she can do it alone. It takes the collective effort of all of us to rescue one perishing soul. And that's why the Bible says, we have no idea the extent of joy that happens in heaven. When one soul converts from his evil way onto the way of God, we have no clue the joy that happens in heaven. But we've been let in a little bit that yes, there is some joy that happens. And so we have it has to be gratifying for us to realize. That we need to be about the Father's business collectively. Mobilized. Together. Our resources. Our gifts. Our endowments. 
and use it for the good of the body of Christ. Yeah. And for those that could be part of the body of Christ, but outside, that we need to bring them into the fold. Now, let's look at Exodus chapter 35. We'll stay there a little bit, so let's open to Exodus 35. In the second book of Moses, popularly called Exodus, chapter 35. God wants something to happen. Israel has been rescued collectively from Egypt. From slavery, they are en route to the promised land. But whilst in the wilderness, in a place of lack, in a place of lack of permanence, God wants them to do something. And God gives the message to Moses for the building of the tabernacle, because that is the interface between God and man. So, verse 4, And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord Yahweh commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to Yahweh. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, thread, Fine linen, goat's hair, ram skin, dyed red, badger skin, and acacia wood, oil for the light, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. All who are gifted artisans among you shall come. And make all that the Lord has commanded. So Moses is telling them there is a project. And the project is the building of the tabernacle. But we need to mobilize resources. So everybody in the congregation whose heart is willing. Because there's no compulsion. That you have to do it. Well, as God's people, we have to do it. But still God leaves us the decision to participate. So we have to come with a willing heart. And then there are different things that we need to bring. What you got is what you bring. 
Some people got gold, some people got silver, some people got bronze, some people got blue. I don't know what that is. Some people got purple, some people got scarlet, some people got goat skin, badger, stones. You bring what you got. So the equivalent of what we've read, when we are putting our gifts together, you can't bring my gift to the table. You got to bring your gift to the table. And I have to bring my gift to the table. It's what you got. But whatever you have got, it's not what you own. It's actually God that gave it to you. God gives to all of us gifts. And looking at us to see if we would give it back to him. People in slavery, where did they get all this money, gold and silver? Where did they get that from? I don't know, I think the Egyptians were paying them for the labor that they were exercising in Egypt. I don't think so. But if you recall, when they were leaving, maybe part of it, probably not, it doesn't answer all of it, but part of it, God said, go to your neighbors and ask them for these things. And they did. And they got them. Because God has use for them. And so God endowed them, gave them the resources, and now it's time to give it back to him. It's something we are very com- uh, aware of. So, now Moses says, all who are gifted artisans, People bring in the resources. There are people who have to use the resources. Right? So, it's a mobilization process. Mobilization of what they have. People have the endowment within them. They have the talent within them to use the resources that others are bringing. So, These artisans, they are going to make a lot of things. The tabernacle, its tents, its covering, its clubs, its boards, its bars, the pillars, the sockets. Just mentioning some of them. And it takes us all the way, verse 18, the pegs of the tabernacle, the pegs of the court, the garments of the ministry. The garments of the ministry for the ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron and the priests, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. So they're going to take all these resources and make the list, so to speak, from verse 11 all the way to um, verse 19. Verse 20, and it says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought Yahweh's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. 
for all its service and for the holy garments as we've gone um, through partially. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold. That is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, red skin of rams, and the badger skins, they brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the Lord's offering. And everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were gifted artisans spun yarns with their hands and brought what they had spun of blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine linen. And all the women who hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarns of good her. The rulers brought on his stones and the stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and spices and oil for the light, for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for the kinds of work which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. There was work to be done. And you see the list. Those who had silver, they brought silver. Those who had gold, brought gold. Those who had bronze, brought bronze. Those who need to do the spinning, they span products. With the wisdom and the artistry to do it, they did it. And the leaders were not left out. They brought stones that were going to be used in the ephod and in the breastplate for the priest. So everybody had a part to play. And they did exactly the part that they had to play. That is a great show of mobilization. Mobilizing the resources that they had in that physical sense to the development of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And then he said, verse 30, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, Yahweh has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works to work in gold and silver. 
and bronze. In cutting jewels for setting. In carving wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him. And Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread, in fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic work. So everybody has their part. But look at this man, Bezalel. He has a different appointment. And God endowed him with something different that he has a different commission to do something different from everybody else. And if you start reading verse chapter 36 onwards, you would hear the, word, the expression, and he made, and he made, and he made all of that in reference to Bezalel. And whichever team that he was working with. That he was the lead man in all the major designs and the engraving and the style and everything that we see in the tabernacle. That was his workmanship. Because God put it in him that he should be the one able to do it. If I brought gold... I didn't have that spirit to do the designing. But he's using my gold and designing the gold into the artistic work. So everybody has a part to play. So this is the example that we want to pick from our brothers of old. That even at a time when they lack Every substance in transition. But what they got, they brought them. And you would be aware from maybe other um, presentations that they brought and brought and brought and brought to the point where Bezalel and the team told Moses, Boy, Moses, this is too much. We can use what they're bringing. Enough. Tell them to stop. So that willingness in the heart, the stirring of God's spirit was right there. And it's compelling all of them individually to bring to the table what they have as a result. We find that in the wilderness, in the land of relative lack, the congregation excel in the mobilization for the service that was at hand. They even over-contributed beyond need. 
And of course, through that process, they got the tabernacle completed. We need to draw from this example how we, in this day and age, can also mobilize in this congregation and in our other congregations in order that we can complete the work of the ministry of reconciliation, the preaching of the gospel, and supporting one another in this journey into the kingdom of God. Now we're going to look at our day and age, which is not really our day and age, because we're still going to go back some close to about 2,000 years ago. So we're going to look at the book of First Corinthians and see what we got to mobilize. And what potentially could be a problem when we want to do this mobilization. And why we need to overcome that kind of problem. So 1 Corinthians 12, as we read a portion of it in the scripture reading. Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, Paul wants to do something to pick us from ignorance about the gifts. And where were knee started from, verse 4, we find that there are diversities of the gifts. Diversity here just means differences. So we're not talking about diversity the way we hear it on the street out there. Because that Toronto is a diverse community. They're different, different people, but we're not talking like diverse populations in that sense. So we're not talking that, oh, in this room there are Europeans here, there are Africans here, there are Indians here. No, no, that's not what you're talking about. Just different. Just common. You're different from the others. Not by your look or by anything, but by the spiritual gift that you have. We also see that there are differences in service, which is captured as administration or administration. We're just talking about service. And there are differences in different operations that happen. But in all three, it's all focused on one thing. 
it's all about God and what he wants done. One is attributed to Christ, one is attributed to the Spirit, one is attributed to God. We're talking about the same oneness. So we see that in verse 4 onwards, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries by the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who works in all, in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There are different, but everyone. As long as you have come, submitted yourself, under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, died to yourself, resurrected with Christ in baptism, you become a candidate for the gift of God. So if you are not there yet, you've got to be yearning, oh, I need this in my life, God. We'll take you to the point, once you are here, you are ushered into the body, God will, through His Spirit, endow you with a gift. Because that is how He operates. He's not using carnal elements. You know, as a community, as a church, we know we, we can do a lot of things if we hire good managers and advertisers. We can do it. We don't have to use any God's spirit here. We can grow and become big and huge with branches all over the place if we hire people who know how to do those kind of things. Who can do all the branding and everything. Because if you want to sell a franchise of Coca-Cola, you don't need my spiritual gift to get another franchise of um, McDonald's in some other developing community. You just have to follow the prototype. And they just build it and we go. Right? But the work of God is not like that. It's not about the carnal things. It's not about the worldly things. It's not about how we organize our things. It is how God organizes things. And so he has the gift that he put in the community for purposes of advancing the community. So we need to recognize that the manifestation of the gift is for individuals. It is for individuals. And then what would the individuals have to do? So let's continue. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Through the Spirit to another, word of knowledge, through the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles to another, prophecy to another, discerning of spirit to another, different kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things 
distributing to each one individually as he wills the spirit wills brethren do not focus on the gifts as mentioned here and then how oh, I, I don't have a gift of healing i don't have a gift of no that's not what it's about i just want to conceptually first of all understand that whatever gift that god has he gives to us us for something for the benefit of all so he gives you use for the benefit of all so that is what you need to be focusing on in terms of because this is not the only place that gifts are listed right Ephesians lists some romans lists some so there's a broad range and there may be something that you can get that probably is not listed i don't know so a couple of things now let's make some connections verse 12 it says for us the body us the body of christ and body in terms of my body so you're going to see the connection so but for us the body is one and has many members but all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is christ so he's speaking from the natural into the spiritual so just as my body is one but it's got different things got a hand i got a leg i got a head i got eyes got nose got mouth and then all put together then it's my body it's the same thing with christ so christ's body is also rebecca is also what's your name London is also what's your name? That one I forgot. <laughs> Jessica, Caitlin, Rosina, Rosina, and you? You kidding? Okay, so you get what I'm trying to say. God's church is also the individuals, members. But I just want to draw your attention to something because it's going to come up. Okay, let's continue. It will come up. So, we are relating a human body, structural frame, to the body of Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit for in fact the body is not one it's sorry the body is not one member but many i also want you to focus when we're talking about the member i'm using individuals as examples but think gifts instead of the person because there's a point in time where the Bible would be drawing our attention to the fact that we got to take care of every member. And if we are not careful, we will think 
because when you sick and I came to visit you, that is what Paul is talking about here. We're taking care of each member. No, 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 no. We're taking care of the giftings. So if you let a gift slide and we don't give respect to it and we don't honor it and we don't lift it up to be part, then we're not caring for that member. Even though that gift is manifested by an individual. But we have to be careful to first of all think gifts and then think the individual. Instead of think the individual and then the gift. Because you may be polishing the individual, but you're not polishing the gift that the person brings to the community. So I'm sick, you're taking care of me, but after I'm well, you still don't take up the gift that I'm supposed to bring into the body. But that is what we need to take care of. And we will see that as we go ahead. We also need to keep in mind that there seems to be some contradiction. Because the Bible said the body is not one member but many. Verse 14. And then it goes to verse 20. And he said, but now are there many members, yet but one body. So we are more members, but it's one body. And another point he says, but it's not many members, but one. So we need to think that Christ, look at Christ as a body, his body. He breaks his body apart in terms of gifts. So he gives you a different thing. He gives you a different thing. You give out there a different thing. You give, he gives me a different thing. Like he's breaking his body apart into different gifts. And then when you bring your gift towards the goal, and I bring my gift, and you bring your gift, and all the gifts come back towards the goal, it comes back to the same body again. So that is how it looks like one, but it's many. And at the same time, it looks like it's many, but it's one. It is how we get a gift and how we use it, bringing it back into um, the where we need to bring it in terms of the functioning. So now you could put the slide um, back. We're going to use that. But before that slide comes for our illustration, whilst we have the gifts, and whilst we need to marshal, we need to mobilize all the different gifts towards the accomplishment of the goal that is set for us. There could be a problem within the body that stop us from putting ours in. What so there's something that needs to be done, what needs to happen? What do we need to get done? How it needs to be done. So we got a job to be done. We talk about rescue the perishing. We talk about um Supporting one another in this journey. That's the work to be done. 
What do we need to get it done? Only gifts. Nothing else. When we enter God's body, all we use is gifts that he's given us. The endowment. Because without that, we got nothing to offer. And that's why if we step out of the gifts, then I start contributing my ideas. Because we've got a lot of ideas, right? I know how to multiply a Coca-Cola company if I want more. And so I start contributing the ideas. But we need, the things we need are the gifts that God gives us. And how do we get it done? We need to use it. Put it all together. Mobilize it for effect. So take this as the body of Christ, the triangle. So I'm showing you a triangle with different images in it. And those images represent different gifts. And this is where the problem is. Let's read verse 14 to 20. 14 to 20. It says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would, be, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. So this is the first problem. So you would find London, say, but in Tongue, I don't preach. So I'm not part of it. What do I have to do? I don't preach. Oh, really? So the Bible tells so London, you mean when you don't preach, you're not part of the body? And then Jessica said, well, I can maintain one note. I can sing. If I can't sing, then what am I doing here? And then the Bible asks, so Jessica, you think because you can sing, you can, you're not part of the body? So there are a section of the congregation that is singing, well, I'm not this. Well, I'm not that. Well, I don't do this. Well, I don't do that. And so they are taking and removing themselves from the community. Gradually removing themselves from the community. But we need to mobilize everybody's gift. But you keep distancing yourself that you don't have what somebody has. And because you don't have what somebody has, you're not part of this body. So how many people are listening to me? And everybody say, but I'm not Louis speaking today, so who am I? I'm nothing. But that is not true. Because the Bible asks you 
So you think you're not speaking, so you're not part of the body? What would be your answer? So you look at this, and you look at different, different images. And look at this guy. Parenthesis. Open and close. Thin guy, standing somewhere. And he said, I'm not this rectangle, so I'm not part of this body. I'm very tiny, I'm very small, I don't do anything here. I'm not part of it. Look at them. Look at the big guy here. Look at that guy. Very imposing. They are the one that everybody see. Oh, yeah. They are the church. Oh, I don't mean anything. And you see some people. Same guy. Three of them. So you see some people. There are some gifts. A lot of them in their congregation. Say, Look, yeah. I'm not one of them. I don't think. And you move away. The more we distance ourselves from the community, we taken away from the gifts. No matter how slim your gift is, no matter how slim it is, it's very faint. It's even hard to see. And let me tell you, there's another gift hiding in a corner. Here, you see those two dots. The two doors will tell you, look at this guy. Look at them. The preachers. The singers. We always see them here. I'm not one of them. And this guy is hiding a discerning spirit. Maybe God's giving this guy a discerning spirit. And there's nothing like, oh, brethren, today, um, brother... Andrew, good, thank you. Brother Andrew is going to be here and give us some things that he has discerned. I mean, nobody's going to call you to come and discern anything. And so, but he may have a discerning spirit and he has some things to contribute, but he is removing himself from the community because he thinks that for him to express the discerning spirit, he has to be speaking. And if he's not speaking, then you would not even make it grow. That is one big problem that we could face in the community. The other problem that we could face is verse 21 to 22. Verse 21 to 22, it says, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And there's another group in the community like me, I speak. So when I walk in the community and I meet brother, what's it, Alex? Any, I mean, Alex? Alex, Alex he hasn't spoken here before. He has not even said a prayer here before. Alex, who are you? And I'm saying, Alex, you don't speak like me. You're nothing. I don't need you. 
we could come for service and I would speak. Even if nobody shows up, I would speak to the tables and chairs. Alex, I don't need you here. Because I'm raising myself above what I have to think about what I'm giving. And I'm putting down others because they don't look like me. So these three guys here, because they have um, some conference going for them because they see around, they see each other in the community and say, oh yeah, I see how we, 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 we matter in this community and if we are not here, you see how things will move, right? And then they, they gather and they talk and say, oh, I mean, I don't see why these people, they don't do anything. Like, you see, they're saying that they don't need those guys. But that cannot happen because look at them. If you drop this guy a little bit, he's going to cover this guy, probably. And you've not seen him again. So that is another problem. This guy is so imposing. He could burn all over the place and do stuff. He's very, very prominent in the community. And those that are prominent in the community are saying that we don't need those that don't show prominence. Or exhibit prominence. We don't need them. Because we can do everything on our own. We can walk the mile on our own. But remember, if you drop in to pick up the dog, and you had all the best gifts, and you had all the prominence, and you picked that dog, could you get up? Could you rescue the dog? You need the guys don't matter. The guys that was walking away and just oh, what's going on? Yeah, 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 let's see. And then just go down there, hold my hand, hold my hand, hold my hand. And everybody hold hands, reach down there. Let's bring that guy up. And that guy that thinks that he could have done it all alone. And obviously, when he was stepping down, he didn't tell anybody that I'm going down there to do some important job. Yeah, guys, I need your help because he thought he could do it. Step in there, put the dog can get up. So, we need not use the big imposing gifts to suppress the ones that don't have the prominence. Because the Bible says in 22, no, much rather, those members which seem to be weaker Unnecessary. The ones that you don't want to respect, very important to God. So that is the mindset, that the two mindset that we need to get rid of. And as we continue, the solution is presented in 23 and 24. And those members of the body which we think be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our own presentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part, which lacks it. So in order to overcome that problem, we all need to find 
the person brightened that little corner there, spot them, see what they're doing. We need to honor the role that everybody is playing. We need to see that lady, that man who goes home and calls the brothers and asks them, how are they doing? How are things, brother? How can I help? Not gonna, you're never going to see that here. Never. But you need to give prominence to that gift. Because when it comes to mobilization, that matters. And then me, I finish speaking. I'm tired. I go home. I sleep. Don't do anything else. And then you think I matter? I probably don't. But once that we don't give them the honor, that is the part that God himself wants to honor and say, brethren, there is nothing I give that is not worth my giving. I know why I give it. And so we need to recognize, come together as a body and see all the different things that are pulling the strings together to make it one whole. And honor everybody and see what they bring to the table. So we're going to have a big party for these two gentlemen here. This guy that is faint here that is very, very, very invisible. We need to fold them. Give them a little bit of clout. Not, I'm not talking physical things here. That somebody stand here and say, brethren, let's recognize our brother for all this work that he's been doing. That's not what it's about. We need to recognize that it's important. They have assignment. They have things to do. That as they are bringing the body together, we don't think that it's only because I spoke. It's not only because they sang. It's not only because somebody prayed, but it's because somebody does something. I have no idea even why he does it. And brethren, you don't sit there never thinking that you don't matter. That is a betrayal of the trust that God in you because he calls you and gifts you in order to serve in the body i don't know how else you will function in the body of christ without a gift i have no idea how you're going to do it we all exhibit our gifts and our differences in the body brothers and sisters it does appear to me that we need to spend a lot more time on these matters, given how central they are to our functioning in the body. From our shepherds to the sheep, we have all to be yearning for the understanding of the resource or the resources that the Father through the Spirit has bestowed individually on us for His glory, so that we can harness them, come grow them, develop them, enrich them to bigger things. We can only contribute to what we have 
it helps for the peace in the community when everybody knows what they are about and they are doing it it maintains the peace unity in the community there will be harmony and unity if we all pull together our strengths just as the imagery demonstrated just as the video was trying to demonstrate just as our brothers and sisters of old pulled together their resources and their talents for the development of the tabernacle so we in these last days also have to harness recognize mobilize develop and use our gifts for the greater good of the community thank you this has been a podcast from the burlington congregation of the church of god international we hope you are blessed by it to find out more about cgi burlington visit our website at cgiburlington.org.